Faith Over Fear is brought to you by Life Audio and is part of our Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational, faith-affirming podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com. Hello, and welcome to the Faith Over Fear podcast, where we attack our most pervasive fears with truth, because life is too short for any of us to live enslaved. We are passionate about helping God's children live in freedom. We would love to chat with you online or on social media. Visit our show notes to learn how to connect with us. I'm Jennifer Slattery. And I'm Kimmy Miller. And Kimmy's joining us today to talk about courageous steps into the unknown. She's on the Holy Love Ministry team. She does a lot of amazing stuff with behind the scenes with our files. She helps with leadership. She is a huge benefit with strategy. She holds a master's degree in Christian ministry with a concentration in theology, and she's currently pursuing one of her many God-sized dreams, which is to organize a free citywide women's ministry event that spreads the love and hope only found in Jesus. Thanks to him, she and a group of local Christ followers will host Arise, an event to encourage and inspire other women of faith. Well, what do you do when God seems to be leading you into the unknown or maybe even in a direction that makes no sense and seems to be heading away from everything you've wanted, everything you've planned in those places of uncertainty, maybe where you feel loss and disappointment, discouragement? Can you still trust that your good shepherd is good and that therefore everything that he has planned for you is good. Can you find the courage to trust, the courage and the faith to surrender everything and let Christ truly be your good shepherd, your Jehovah Ra'a? So Kimmy, when have you most needed Jesus to be your shepherd? Pretty much every day, right? But I think the reality of knowing Jesus is my shepherd has always brought me such great comfort. I love the Psalms, many of which were written by David, Israel's second king, But before he was king, he was a shepherd. So I love to imagine David in the field, watching over his flock and talking with God as a friend. I mean, David fully comprehended the significance of his role with his flock. He loved his sheep, and he saw evidence of God's hand at work in his life, even in the field. In 1 Samuel 17, 37, it says, The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. We can see David's full trust in God as his protector and his provider. I think sometimes when we encounter transitions in life, we might start to feel a little lost and uncertain. So understanding that Jesus is my shepherd reminds me of some things. One, I'm not alone. Two, I don't have to know where I'm going. And three, I have a friend who is my protector and my provider. So I go back to this truth a lot, especially now. But Jennifer, there was a time when I wondered if God really knew where he was leading me. I think when I really needed Jesus to be my shepherd was when he called me out of vocational ministry. People ask, well, what did that look like and how did you know? For me personally, it felt as if the grace had been lifted. I often simplify grace as the supernatural ability to do the unnatural. So ministry just became very heavy. And in my quiet time with the Lord and through a lot of tears, I just felt him whispering to my heart, it's time. So I put in my resignation and at a time when the ministry was growing and flourishing and most were shocked, I was not. And those closest to me weren't shocked either. 
But when you don't have a definitive plan or a real reason other than, I believe the Lord is just telling me it's time, it's really easy for doubt and fear to creep in. You know, it's like that old lie from the garden. Did God really say? And that's heavy too, right? Because then I started to doubt, did I hear from God? Am I going the right way? What's going, is God, are you leading me in the right direction? Did I not hear you? Because I think sometimes when we follow Jesus, we think that, sure, it's going to be hard, but then it will get easy. But sometimes it doesn't get easy. And sometimes it just keeps getting harder and harder. And in those moments, that's when it's easiest to replay the enemy's lie over and over again. And the one that I heard was, Jesus doesn't know what he's doing, and he's most likely left you alone. And that's where I was. And it was It was a really hard season. I remember, you know, soon after I had given my resignation, pulling up into the parking lot on one of my last days working at the church and crying in my car. And I was literally screaming out loud to Jesus, you did this and it hurts and I hate it. And I don't even know where you're leading me. And just breaking down in that moment, I didn't have a plan. I didn't have another job. Luckily, my husband and I were in a position that we could still live comfortably off one income, and with his incredible support, he encouraged me to just take some time and do nothing. So I did. And I didn't talk to Jesus a whole lot in those first few months. I heard my friend say one time, she said, yeah, I didn't want to talk to Jesus. I knew he was sitting on my couch next to me, but I just looked at him and said, You can sit there, but I'm not talking to you. (laughs) And that's kind of how I felt too. I knew Jesus was there, but I was so hurt and I felt so vulnerable. I wanted to avoid that feeling of being hurt again. And the enemy was doing his best and convincing me that God was the one who led me to getting hurt so deeply. And that was incredibly difficult. And at that time, I started to question, is he my shepherd? Am I alone? Are you coming after the one Jesus? Because I don't feel like it. But I also knew deep, deep in my soul that Jesus was there. And the wonderful thing about my Jesus is that he never leaves us. And he's incredibly patient and incredibly kind and caring. And after some time, I found myself longing to talk with him again. Now, That didn't mean that I ran right back to church or I was jumping into a Bible study, but I did start talking to him in the car through prayer, writing pages and pages of journal entries. And as I did that, I started to see some things in myself that were preventing me from seeing Jesus as he is. I saw a lot of pride. I saw a lot of judgment. I saw a lot of trying to do things in my own strength. And what I began to see more and more clearly was that Jesus actually knew exactly what he was doing. He knew exactly where he was leading me. He was drawing me to himself. He was calling me closer. I thought he was leading me away to abandon me, but he was actually making me rest. You see, he knew the whole time where my heart was, and he gave me an incredible opportunity 
to look deeper into those things, not apart from him, but with him. And so slowly, I began to see how incredibly good and kind and strong he was, is. And it became even more evident how he was my shepherd. He knew how and where to lead me. And if there had been any other way for him to reveal himself to me in this intimate way, I know my God and I know he would have done it. But this was the only way. It was the only way that made me vulnerable enough to see how much I needed him. And I will tell you now, and it's a few years out, but now I have incredible peace. And I wish I could describe it better, but it's one of those things that we each have to experience. You know, it's that peace that surpasses all understanding. And I know now I don't ever have to question whether God is leading me in the right way because I have followed him through to the other side. And I know that he is a good and faithful shepherd. That is such a powerful and beautiful story. And it really reminds me how God's ultimate heart for us is not that we do all these great things, right? And have all these flourishing ministries, but that we are whole and that we are free. Then we, I mean, he does like to use us. Absolutely. But he wants to touch us Mm. and to heal us. And I was thinking as you're talking just of David's journey, you had mentioned he was the second ancient Israel, second King. Well, I just wonder what went on in his life, right? In his journey. And so he was anointed King, probably scholars believe sometime around age 15. He didn't take the throne until about age 30. That's a long time to wait. And during that time, he fled from a man that he once served, like the man in control, the powerful man, the reigning king at that time, who was trying to kill him. He, David hid in caves. He hid in a foreign land. He was betrayed by his son. I mean, he just went through so many hard experiences. And I wonder what God was doing in his heart mm. through all of that. And I imagine he had to really hold tight to God's promises and his faithfulness to trust him to lead him as his good shepherd. And and scholars believe that he wrote Psalm 23, the Psalm of the Good Shepherd, probably near the end of his life. And I just envision him just maybe sitting back and, and reviewing, kind of like you just did with your story, right? Mm-hmm. And reviewing the times that God had led him when maybe he didn't even know right. he was being led. Or maybe he wondered, he's like, I know you're good, God, but... I don't see how this is good. And I would love it if you would just read. I know that's a really special passage for you. What are some of your most precious verses from that passage? You know, in the entire Psalm of 23, it's got to be the first three verses. And they simply say, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. That is so, so comforting. And in the original Hebrew, it's Jehovah Ra. And that's where we get that name, which means the Lord is my shepherd. And we're looking at his character traits revealed. And a shepherd is one who watches over his sheep. He provides for them. He protects them. He leads them to where they're going to get water, where they're going to get food, like their entire well-being. They are completely helpless without him. And then he said, he makes me lie down. Right. 
So when we think about that as a shepherd, he he makes me lie down in green pastures, writes David. And so here's the thing about sheep. <laughs> They're not real bright. <laughs> and so when we think of green pastures, we think of lush green fields, right? And that's what they're going to be eating. But we often fail to think about it was also a soft place to rest. So when we read, he makes me lie down. That's not always easy for us as humans, right? Like the last thing I want to do is to lay down, stop what I'm doing. I, I can do this guy. Just keep. And he will say, no, no daughter, no little lamb. You are going to lay down right here in this green pasture. And when we think about Food for the sheep as being grass, green grass, for us, it's his word. So to think that Jesus, for me personally, said, daughter, little lamb, you're going to stop and I'm going to make you rest in my word. And to be honest, Jennifer, that's, that's where the power is. That's where the freedom is. It's in his word, in his truth. And when I go there, it satisfies my soul. And so I love this idea as a shepherd. He knows when his sheep need rest. He knows where to take them. He knows where the lush fields are. So he's going to lead them there and make them lie down. And it's such a beautiful image. Like, And we don't see that because I don't have sheep. I have a cattle dog. I don't have cows. <laughs> but so, so, so often we lose the beauty of this passage. And I think too, trusting, like you said, he knows where to lead us. And if we can trust that where he leads us is going to be good and that he is going to provide everything we need. I know when I struggle to rest, it's usually because I am putting ownership of my life on me. I I am saying like, I am responsible for whatever it is. And I forget that actually that's false. And, and if I just kind of pull back and I'm like, okay, so I'm having a rough day, let's just say that, or, or a rough season. And it feels like no matter what I do, I just can't, I can't create my own green pastures. <laughs> and, right. and then I just remember, okay, well, you knew I was going to be here. Mm-hmm. You saw what was ahead and you said in Ephesians 2.10 that you created plans for me long, long ago, which I always take to mean long before I took my first breath. Therefore, this this is not going to completely derail me. It can't because you're going ahead of me. Absolutely. There, there is so much we could really unpack here, but I hope we can just leave you with the idea that you are well cared for. You are deeply loved and well cared for. And I just want to close us in prayer where we actually pray this name for God, knowing that he is our good shepherd. Pray with me now. Holy Father, Lord Jesus, Jehovah Rapha, the one who loves us, the one who's with us, we know that you are good and we know you are leading us to green pastures. You tell us when to rest and when to rise. And you're looking not just what's ahead of us, but what's going on within us. And we praise you for that deep, deep work. Give us courage to follow however you lead. In the name of your victorious son, we pray. Amen. Well, I hope today's episode encouraged you, gave you some things to think about. Make sure to subscribe and then you won't miss a single episode. We would love it if you would rate it. That encourages us and helps others to find it as well. Share it with your friends. And until next time, may you live as one who truly has been set free. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to Faith Over Fear, a production of Life Audio and the Salem Web Network. If you enjoyed what you heard today, we'd love for you to head over to your favorite podcast app and leave us a review. 
To learn more about Jennifer Slattery or to check out any of the resources she mentioned in this episode, just head over to her website, jenniferslatterylivesoutloud.com, or check out our show notes. This episode was produced by Kelly Givens and edited by Stephen Sanders. A special thanks to our executive producer, Stephen McGarvey. For more Faith Toolkit podcasts like this, just head over to lifeaudio.com. If you're hearing this right now, you're probably like, who the heck is this and why are they playing during my favorite podcast? And I get it. I don't want to take up too much of your time, but I do want to introduce myself. My name is Trevor Tyson, and I'm the host of Trevor Talks, where we talk to real people about real topics and real stories. I just want to invite you, if you love podcasts, if you love music, if you love books and love hearing from the people who create it, come check us out at Trevor Talks. Simply go to Google or Life Audio, type in Trevor Talks, and it'll pop on up. Hope you have a great day.